Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Folks, we're back. 2023, it's Monday. Maybe you didn't know we had a show today, but that's okay. We are here. We're on the Weave. Field of 68's Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers, sailing on into a new calendar year. I'm Jim Root, your host this fine afternoon or morning, depending on your time zone, joined by Kai McEwen, Matthew Cox. Fellas, there were, I think, 300 games on Saturday, a couple mm-hmm. more yesterday. I'm hoping you at least have one or two takeaways, mm-hmm. Kai, because the slate isn't that big today. So we can we can do a little recap if we want to. What do you got? I kind of zeroed in on yesterday, Jim, forgetting about the massive slate on Saturday. Uh, But Michigan, how about them? Pounded Maryland after losing to Central Michigan. It's a hard team to peg. It's a hard team to peg when they they lose to an in-state directional school and then crush a Maryland team that I think we think is still pretty good. Uh, So, yeah, Matt, not really sure how to peg Michigan right now. And then Providence, they're awesome. I've... I've, uh, fully surrendered to the fact that Providence just might be really, really good this year. It's kind of weird to think they might be better than last year, but this kind of is yeah. where we're at right now. I think they are. Yeah, I agree. I think they are. Uh, pardon the, uh, the shots uh, over under 10 and a half voice cracks today. I think I have the over, but that's where the current line is settled. Kai um, <laughs> annoying that you go to even and, and talk yeah. to four people and, and have a shot boys. So sure. That's what you Super did. Matt. We yeah. know you were raging. We know. You I, I wish I had a better, cooler story there, Jim. I just don't. Uh, hey, my takeaway is as a microcosm kind of that game, Maryland, the Terps are fine. I think they play Michigan in the absolute worst spot. Obviously when you play a team, that just lost to an in-state directional school. Um, look at the UCLA lost also a bad spot. I just, in general, a lot of like topsy turvy results in the last two weeks. Um, I don't know. Try to stay even keel, I guess, is my advice. Like, I still think Maryland's really good. Are they as good as the top 10 team they play like the first two weeks? Probably not. Are they a fringe top 40 team, which is where they're rated in camp? I'm not. I feel better than that. So, truth is in the middle on Maryland. Uh, Would you say you're more closer to panic mode on Maryland or Iowa, fellas? That's my question. Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. I agree. I would agree on Iowa. Yeah. Losing to Eastern Illinois and then the Penn State Nebraska losses to follow it up. There's something wrong there. They they broke a little bit before that 
Eastern Illinois game, and they have not figured out how to solve it quite yet. Um, all right, let's get into today's slate. We do have a couple of big Monday games. It's not a true big Monday on ESPN because Monday Night Football still lasts for one more week here. But on ESPNU, we've got West Virginia at Oklahoma State. Kai, the Cowboys laying three at home, total of 141. Mm-hmm. Both teams coming off a rather disheartening, crushing loss to start league play. How does that impact yes. this game here? Yeah, how about that Oklahoma State loss? Wow, Mizzou fans uh, would would recognize the way that ended. Oklahoma State had a layup to tie the game. They got blocked. It was probably a foul. I'm just saying there's a lot of contact, and it was at Fog Allen. We know the refs tend to favor the Jayhawks there, but neither here nor there. Yes, tough loss for Oklahoma State. They also blew like a 15-point halftime lead. West Virginia lost in overtime, Jim, to Kansas State. It should be a physical game. Two very athletic, defensive-minded teams. Oklahoma State's ball handling mat this year has been bad. I expect West Virginia to take advantage of that, bother them a bit. Uh, but I still don't have a really confident rating on West Virginia. I, I don't feel good about betting them or fading them right now. So I'm probably staying away. Um, for an extra note, these two teams split the series last year. This line feels about right to me. Two teams 0-1 looking to get their first win in the Big 12. I think it's a little high, actually. I'm I'm a huge West Virginia believer. I'm stubbornly a believer every single season. Um, just lost an OT at K-State, Kai. So, yeah, maybe a tough turnaround, but also you could argue that that tough turnaround staying in the Midwest is probably a good thing for this team. Uh, extra juice of motivation trying to avoid 0-2. And, and they match up well with OK State, right? OK State just overwhelms you with length and size, and West Virginia's got that in spades. Um, so, yeah, I think they, uh, they get this done on the road here. I would take anything at three or higher. Wow. Um... I don't know that they match up very well against, I think you got to shoot against Oklahoma state. And I think West Virginia's that we're still seeing some of their question set in for them. Shot quality has got them due to go down 11% in the mid range, 6% from three, like both of those. Uh, well just above. Eric Stevenson. It's, it's literally just Eric Stevenson. It has to be. Who's and now Matthews shooting is like shooting 45% yeah, from shooting two. Well. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, but Matt, I, I'm not surprised to hear you. Uh, you're not concerned about West Virginia losing to K-State, even though you think one's good and the other's, the other's bad. How about that? The Octagon of Doom's weird. Octagon of Doom's yeah. weird, Jim. I, that's okay. a good home court there. Uh, hey, my best bet is the under here, folks. First game of the day, first game on the slate. I wrote this up at Action Network if you want even more detail about it, but I think the shot regression matters. I don't think it's going to be as big of a track meet maybe as, as you would imagine with uh, West Virginia. They're not running as much as I think I perceive them to be. Oklahoma State also, uh, they'll run opportunistically, but not consistently. And I just don't think either team scores really efficiently in this game. Oklahoma State's offense isn't very good. They had five points in 11 minutes against Kansas. That's how they let the Jayhawks back into it. And I think West Virginia, with that potential regression coming in the shooting department and just uh, struggling to score inside with Cissé owning the paint, I think this one stays under 141, which is the current total, but it's been bet up. I was surprised to be against the market. I have a worse number than 141, but I'll take that for the show. All right, let's go to Purdue. The new number one team in the country, or maybe not new number one. I guess they've been number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with UConn losing, one of two remaining undefeateds here, the Boilermakers, only them and New Mexico remain without Mm -hmm. a blemish at this stage. Matthew, got Rutgers going on the road. Last year when Purdue got to number one, they immediately went to Rutgers and lost. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. drove the stake through their hearts. Does Purdue maintain the number one ranking this time? They're uh, an eight and a half point favorite in West Lafayette. I think the early money got the right price miss here. I think Rutgers was just a little bit overvalued opening at seven, basically just because they've been amazing so far as a favorite. Like I think they've been like one of the best non-con favorites in the country this year. They have this 
Um, like when they're locked in defensively, mid-majors have no chance of scoring. And when they're not making shots, it doesn't matter because they can get to the glass and supplement inside. So like very easy, reliable ways to score. All that said, Purdue, you're not getting any of that, right? Like I think they're going to actually have to execute and make shots. Um, that said, eight and a half, Kai, I think the current price is a hard stay away. Seven, Purdue, current yeah. price, nothing. Yeah, on the surface, the spread feels a little bit high, right? The market kind of snuffed out that the Kimpom line of six – was probably wrong. Rutgers is 18th in that in that metric. I don't think they're a top 20 team, frankly. And we know historically on the road, they've been worse than at home. This year, they're 0-2 straight up on the road. 1-1 one one against the spread against two really good teams, Miami and Ohio State, and probably should have won the Ohio State game. There was controversy at the end of that one. Purdue's been awesome. We know they're number one, and Mackey is a really tough place to play. They beat Rutgers by 12 here last season, and arguably better – well, I don't know if it's a better Rutgers team now at this point, but we'll see. Uh, I agree with Matt, though. I think it's a really tough matchup for Rutgers. Um, you know, I think Amorier is really great, but gosh, no one can guard Zach Eady. You're not going to be Purdue on the glass. They're going to force Rutgers to be shooters. That's not their strong suit. And and Purdue's ball handling has been great this year. I still love Smith and Lawyer. Um, I, I think they can handle whatever Rutgers length throws at them on the perimeter. So I do like Purdue here, but eight and a half is too much for me to lay, Jim. Yeah, too too steep where it's at right now. Uh, I I want to see Lawyer and and Smith against Caleb McConnell and Paul Mulcahy. Like that's a lot of length on the mm-hmm. perimeter that they can throw at you. McConnell, the the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, that could be an issue. I think the foul trouble up front is going to be big. If either Omori or Edie gets in foul trouble early, that's a huge huge edge for the team that does not have a big man in foul trouble. So that's something to monitor. Maybe potential live bet there if if you catch it. Uh, catch a line quick after one of them gets two fouls early. That might be a, an angle worth looking at, but I don't have any play on the side or total where it's at right now. Uh, I'm just going to gonna watch this one. Like I said, if there's two fouls early, then maybe there's something there. All right, next up, we're going to the Ivy League, going out east, Brown, hosting Penn. Kai, I guess we're supposed to get Jordan Dingle out there. Um, he's been in and out of the lineup, but who knows yeah. if he's going to be full strength. Uh, but Penn is a one-point favorite. They've taken a little bit of money. I think this open Brown minus one or about a pick. What do you think of this one? Yeah, Slatcher returned last game uh, for Penn, non-D1 game. He's a major scorer for them. He's important. But Dingle was out. And Penn is a really frustrating team to bet on because they do tend to rest random guys. I don't think it's always an injury. I think it's usually a lingering thing. And Donahue or the staff says, all right, we're going to sit you. Maybe it's a little bit different in Ivy League play. I would think. You would play all your guys in the in the conference opener here, um, but but who knows? It, it's always kind of a crapshoot. Brown closed really strong in the non-conference. Matt, their strength is their athleticism. They really battle. If Dingle's in, though, I think Penn takes care of business here. I think Brown can hang around, but the best version of this Penn team is the best team in the Ivy. Um, so I like Penn here on a short spread, lean their way. I lean Penn too. I think they're going to be a rocket ship in conference to be honest like they just they play their schedule so insane they have some weird terrible losses on just tough scheduling spots the injuries you've mentioned it's been the thing like for multiple years now um but they typically kind of bring it together during conference play brown on the other hand you would think that their athleticism would be like a major edge in ivy play but like their last uh two full seasons i don't have the exact ats record but they've kind of either leveled off or slipped a little bit you look at their start of season Kempom rank end of season. It's kind of been a little bit of a demise. So I wonder if uh, if the coaches in that league know how to scheme against it, and, and thus you actually have a, a good buy low versus sell high spot here with with Penn. Yeah, I, I think the health is huge. I mean, last year, I think 
Brown's size actually did give Penn problems, but they didn't have Lorca Lloyd and Spinoza was like barely mm-hmm. healthy. So that's their two best and biggest players. It gives them a much more uh, fighting chance inside. I took Penn at pick. I'm with you guys. I think they are trending up relative to where they're rated right now uh, through league play. I think they've got the best player in the conference in Dingle. Uh, maybe maybe a woman for Princeton's right there too. But uh, they got the best guard in the conference and they're deep. When they're healthy, they're deep. So I think that's going to be uh, a team that I'm looking to back through league play and I'm backing them today. All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> this was supposed to be Ryder and Niagara, but that game started at 11. So we replaced it with good old IUPUI. I had to get them mm. on the slate. They're hosting Wright State. Matthew, uh, the Raiders are taking a little bit of money here. Uh, 15 up to 15 and a half now at Bet Rivers. I think that makes sense. I think if you can score against IUPUI, you can blow them out. And Wright State can score. They've got fully capable scores both inside and out. We saw Northern Kentucky just barely kind of win by 13, but they weren't scoring enough to to blow that game open. I think Wright State can do that. What do you say? Yeah, and you have Wright State, who is not like high and mighty 3-0 Wright State, like the typical class of the conference. It's 0-3 Wright State. That will have no you know margin for lackadaisical effort today. So, yeah, I think they score well. IUPUI looked oddly competitive in that weird MT up in Fort Wayne, but I don't know how much stock I put in that. I, I still think they're a bad team generally. Um, I, I lean right stay here, Kai, but just like 15 points, just as a weird, a lot of variance at that number. I don't want to get involved in. Yeah. You mentioned right states 0 three in the horizon. It's, it's not a familiar spot for them. It's very strange start for them as well. Um, I think they come out and whoop IUPUI personally. The Jags did hang around with NKU despite missing four players including Jalen Counter. Uh, I don't know if he's back or not. He's like their best player. So that effort was pretty impressive. NKU did get up by like 19 points, but couldn't put him away. If Counter's out, Wright's definitely a play. Even with with him in, though, I lean towards Wright. High motivation. IUPUI can't stop their offense. And IUPUI's offense won't hurt Wright's defense, which has been their their weak point over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think I think if Counter's out, you could go full game or first half. If he's in, I'd probably look towards first half. Just like like we said, Northern Kentucky got up big. And then I think a lot of people are just like, it's IUPY, autopilot, coast. Maybe they get inside and lose by 12 instead of 15. Uh, that would be the way I would look at this. I, it just, yeah, it, IUPY is not going to punish that defense where, where Wright State has seemingly struggled this year. It seems like Trey Calvin's mostly back out of the doghouse. Uh, he's kind of been in and out with Scott Nagy this year. Um, but he's the best player on the floor if he's right and if he's focused and allowed to play and and have free reign and it seems like he's going to uh so yeah that's that's the way i would handicap that one depending on uh counter status keep an eye on that all right matthew you are our chat czar so you can just squeeze out the questions and rest your voice a little bit thank you uh let's get some a sun patriot first kai maddie acres asking about uh well it's my best bet coming up at the end of the show i'm gonna spoil it right now loyola maryland at american taking the greyhounds plus seven and a half Home is nothing here. Americans been a rocket ship, obviously a non-conference. Um, but our Greyhounds aren't this bad. I just don't believe that. I know they've missed Santi Aldama. I know they've missed Cam Spencer, who are like, you know, a, a legit NBA talent and a legit Big Ten starter. Um, but they're deep enough. Like this game plays a little more ugly, a little more close, grimy. Um, that just enough to for uh, for my Greyhounds to stay inside the number. So boom, plus seven and a half. Kai, Jim, thoughts on that game? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, felt right. a little high. I'm kind of yeah, scared of American right now, but. Enough. Don't be scared. Kai, J-Man, ask about Boston, you Bucknell. I know you got some eyes on Boston last game and we're not impressed. 
Uh, Boston's terrible. I mean, my God, like they're so bad. They, they look poorly coached, which is concerning because I, I held Joe Jones in pretty high regard. But last couple of years, I'm not sure they've been over 500 ATS uh, in, in the last two or three years because I, I tend to be on them a lot. It tends to end in disappointment. Against Navy, uh, they were in complete disarray. They did shoot really poorly from three. They did get some good looks, but still not a team looking to back right now. I'd lean Bucknell or I'd stay away. Yeah, I was surprised Boston U took – like it's down two and a half down to one. Um, I like Bucknell at that price. Boston U doesn't really have a point guard figured out. That situation is oh, dicey for yeah, them. And, and Bucknell, I think, is a little more solved right now. I think it's a better spot for Boston. But I'm with you. I've like never watched Boston play a good game. Like I believe they've been good the last few never years. Seen like, it's play a, a game. I've never seen When I've watched, it looks <laughs> terrible every time. So I'm just like, I don't need to bet on something that I know doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, it's probably a bad bad reason to not bet something. It is. Uh, Ryan, I asked about Florida Gulf Coast, North Alabama. I have a take here, Jimbo. Um, wait, sorry. This it's is not, not a, this is a split. Yeah, those not two are not playing each other. Yeah. Yeah, but, North, okay, let's just divide that up. North Alabama is playing. No, that's on the on the run. That's back half the rundown is four A Sun games. It's the one that's not on is Gulf Coast, Gulf Coast so right? And they are playing Central uh, Arkansas. Central Arkansas. Terrible travel spot for uh, for Gulf Coast here. Yep. Yeah, forty eight hour turnaround going from their home Fort Myers, uh, where they had a monster comeback to cover against Jacksonville. I know there's some bitter Jacksonville backers out there, myself included. Although I did have seven, so I got a push, but they were up eighteen. That should have been a win. Uh, now they have to go all the way to Central Arkansas. They can kind of make games interesting with the amount of threes they take. They space the floor pretty well. But Colin Cooper missed last game. I think he's fairly important for them. So I, I would lean towards Central Arkansas, but uh, they could get totally overwhelmed physically inside if, if Gulf Coast is dialed in. Hi, Matty Akers, Colgate-Lehigh. Thoughts? Colgate juggernaut continues to smash, or is this number too high? So at 11 currently, they've taken money. Yeah, every single number is going to be high for Colgate and Patriot play. Doesn't matter. They they're going to cover more spreads than they than not. Uh, it's a very scary team to fade in Patriot. They dominate this league. They own it. So I would not fade Colgate. If anything, put your money on them. Uh, do we have any other main? Well, I guess Mount St. Mary's Canisius at the. Where, where is this game being played? Other cool questions. At, Ni- at Niagara. At Niagara. I thought it was in um, Canisius today. Uh, I, I think they still have like storm damage in their arena. Uh-oh. So everything's getting played at Niagara. Uh oh. I made a mistake. At the Costler <laughs> Athletic Center, I believe that. Yeah, that is where. Uh, that would oh, be. is that Costler? So, oh, if Costler would be. Can I thought it was right? that Gallagher's. But... Ooh, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, Chama, please correct us on that. I, I have two different sources here looking at the schedule, which seems wrong. Which the official <laughs> schedule usually is accurate. Uh, all right. Let's just go back to the second. Uh, right, official schedule says Gallagher Center, which would be Niagara. Okay. I made a mistake. I took Canisius today. <laughs> at minus two and a half, Kai. So would you still bet them? That sounds no, like I would not bet them two and a half. <laughs> no. But look at Niagara. They're they're playing very well right now at Ryder. I know it's their home court, but Ryder just played in this gym. I, there's something yeah. about this Buffalo road trip for these teams, even though they're not heading to Canisius um after the after their Niagara game. I lean towards Canisius. Uh, a lot of swag questions. We're gonna hold for those to second round of chat mob. Jimmy, outline. All right, let's get sunny. Let's get a sun, Kai. I know this is your favorite league this year, or mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, so we'll start with you. Lipscomb at Liberty typically has been a, a title bout in this league, uh, especially going back to when Casey Alexander was in charge of Lipscomb and they were a powerhouse. Now we got Liberty Lane nine and a half at home. Total 140, definitely a stylistic clash in terms of tempo. Liberty wants to play a little more half court. Uh, what do you think? What do you make of this one? Yeah, lines come down a bit. It felt pretty high at the opener, but Liberty 
is kind of in its its, its own class in the ASUN uh, this season, especially. ACUF's done pretty well, uh, the coach of Lipscomb against Liberty. Two wins in the last four years against a Liberty team that literally always dominates this league. Uh, it's an awesome offense against a really, really good defense in Liberty. Asajo is a major weapon for Lipscomb with his passing ability. Lipscomb has a bunch of shooters. But the other end is a problem here, Matt. I don't think Liberty's offense is going to be stopped. It's been sizzling this year. It's top 50 in the country. Darius McGee should have his way tonight. I got nothing here at nine and a half. That's pretty much where I'd make it. Um, just staying away. Uh, yeah, the number felt high, but not high enough. I, I really wanted to back Lipscomb here, um, but – Jimmy talked about how Liberty just kind of terror. It's sort of Colgate, right? It's the dominant mid-major. And, a, you know, while the A-Sun's got a lot better, I still think Liberty is a clear-cut class above the rest of this league, and they've played like a pretty dominant favorite so far. Um, and when they're making shots and McGee's going, there's just no stopping. That offense, I, no play for me at 9.5. I think by it feels high to me, though. It feels very high to me. Yeah, Lipscomb is five and two against the spread last seven against Liberty. So they've had some success here against the the you know the league powerhouse. They're playing a lot of two bigs now with Asajo and Ignacevich, and that gives them kind of an edge inside. But Liberty plays such a packed-in uh, pack-line scheme that maybe they're not able to take advantage of that as much. A lot of post-doubles, I think, is going to take the ball out of their hands. So it likely comes down to whether Lipscomb hits jumpers. And while they can, uh, it's tough to do so against Liberty. They can test shots really well. So I'm I'm sitting that one out. Uh, that is not one of the ASUN games that I have a play on. However, this next one, I do. I do quite like, and I'm going straight to Kai again yeah. because I think we agree here. Uh, Stetson is laying three at home to North Florida, but this is an odd little scenario where the home team actually has more travel than the road team because the home team's coming back from Nashville, whereas North Florida just has a 90 minute drive down from Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Kai, who do we like here? We like North Florida, Jim. Uh, A sun play is usually where we see North Florida step back up and start to play well. They always play a brutal non-con schedule every single year then usually they have success in the ASUN under Driscoll when they're healthy. They're a very experienced team. They can shoot. Um, and I think they can compete tonight against Stetson and win outright. It's my best bet at plus three. Matt Stetson's outperformed expectations early. Their offense has been pretty much humming behind really, really, really good shooting, really good ball handling, and really good offensive glass work. They definitely have a rebounding edge, but nobody runs shooters off the line better than North Florida in the country. The Hatters are going to have to shift their style to score consistently. And I think North Florida has no issue scoring tonight. So spreads a bit high for me. North Florida plus three, best bet. Uh, yeah, last year, both these games went to OT. So um, I, I would expect this is a very close game. Again, I don't really feel confident North Florida blows them out, but I think the number is just wrong. I think it should be basically a pick em. Uh I think the Ospreys, the House of Trey, just a little better team than Stetson. Don't give a ton of home here. Um, so a pure number player for me, I, I trailed my King Kai with the, uh, the Ospreys. Yep. I, I took this at four and a half. I like North Florida quite a bit. I, I said, I'd bet it down to three. Um, yeah, the zone I think is going to be huge running them off the line. They, it's a weird zone where it doesn't give up threes. It's like they extend so far that you have to kind of play in the lane, hit some mid range jumpers or, or attack their shot blockers at the rim. And it's a little tougher to score there. Stetson's ninth in the country in most points scored from beyond the three-point line or highest share of points so they are really really reliant on the three-point line if they're not able to score from there it kind of derails and diffuses their offense i think that's a great matchup for north florida i mentioned that travel angle uh granted stetson played friday north florida yeah, played saturday right. so there's a little difference but uh not enough that it's going to shake my handicap here definitely with you guys birds of trey ospreys let's fly all right next one 
Bellarmine at North Alabama. North Alabama has been a surprise team for me this year. I did not think they'd be all that good, but they won at Ole Miss. They've been feisty to start league play here. Matt Bellarmine, I think, has been missing Bash Wheeland a little bit, and they're certainly missing Dylan Penn. They don't have like a slasher that kind of cuts through their fantastic ball movement and man movement offensively. How do you see this one with Bellarmine, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at North Bama? I know UNA has been awesome, like no doubt about it. Have to give credit where credit's due. I did take Bellarmine here, though. Um, I just think it's a bounce-back spot for them early in conference play, playing simple, just a gut intuition that they win this game. Um, I know that Mr. Davenport's been up in arms about his team's effort. I think he just went berserk a couple games ago, and they had some injuries that may have deflated their their non-con performance before that. They're healthier, not all the way healthy, but healthier, as healthy as they've been in a while. Um, I think they get this one done. Yeah, they haven't been the same without Bash Wheel and Bellarmine. Um, and their defense is what's been costing them games. Also, their shooting has been terrible. It's usually a potent offense because they can shoot. This year, shots aren't falling. Kind of tough. Uh, a little bit of variance, perhaps, but it's also kind of a brand-new team than, than last year. And, yeah, North Alabama's been, been fantastic. Jim mentioned the Ole Miss win. They won at Jacksonville State, which is impressive as well. Tony Pujol is known for his defense. That's what this team hangs their hat on. I tend to think Bellarmine is a buy low here. North Alabama is sort of a sell high. That sways me towards the Knights, but current form is all the way North Alabama. Um, it's hard to go against them right now. Yep, yep. I think you guys pretty much hit the the angles there. The one I wanted to mention too is, is from a matchup perspective, North Alabama doesn't really like to shoot. They're more of a downhill team, but they can shoot. And Bellarmine is the most packed in defense like in the country. They they don't they know they don't have a lot of athleticism or size. So they're really compressed and force you to go over the top. They give up a ton of triples. And if North Alabama's guys are hitting them like they have so far this year, particularly Ortiz, then that would be an edge to the home team. Uh, I do think from a gut sense, though, I, I was like Bellarmine versus North Alabama. Like Kai, I love that buy low, sell high. Would lean towards Bellarmine, but I did not bet this one myself. All right, now we will finish with the crosstown rivalry. It's not a crosstown rivalry. Jacksonville State at Jacksonville, two different Jacksonvilles here, not even in the same state, but it's always fun to make fun of that little little naming convention. Mm-hmm. Kai, the Dolphins really just completely collapsed, as we mentioned, against, yep. against Gulf Coast. Jacksonville State, on the other hand, lost at home to North Alabama. So both these teams mm-hmm. kind of cover, coming off disappointing performances. We don't know Mike Marsh's status for Jacksonville. He was supposed to be back Saturday. He was not. So what do you do with this one? What do you do? I don't know, Jim. Jacksonville State hasn't found its groove yet. Uh, that was a surprising loss, North Alabama. Peyton Daniels did play like nine minutes off the bench. It appears he's ramping back up. He's going to be really important for them. And then the Dolphins, Matt, they just haven't been healthy this year. Uh, they've had guys out all the, all the time, every single game. Marsh was out, as Jim mentioned. So was Jarius Cook. He was out of the game as well. They had a Florida Gulf Coast in the ropes, and they just could not finish. Uh, I can't trust Jacksonville as a big favorite especially against a Ray Harper coach team. He's a great game planner. He's seen this 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 team a couple times already. They split the series last year. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. So spread's a tad high for me. It's come down to five. Um, I, I lean towards the dog. Uh, I like this spot for the dog. I just like the team. Uh, I like the favorite better. I just, I'm just not a big Jack State believer. I know their talent's pretty good. I just have gotten watched them a couple times. I know it was early, a lot of new pieces to integrate, but I didn't like what I saw. So I'm kind of selling Jacksonville State, and I still think Jacksonville, despite the injuries, is still awesome. So I think you get a good effort here today from the Dolphins. Yeah, Kai, you mentioned the the injuries that they've had in and out with Marsh and, and Jerry's Cook, and Bryce Workman is out for the entire season. Yep. Like another guy that was supposed to be kind of key for their front court rotation. 
I uh, mentioned a lot of the three-point shooting with the A-Sun here. Uh, Jacksonville, another very packed-in defense. They give up a ton of threes. And if there's one thing Jacksonville State is legitimately very good at, it's making threes. They were fantastic last year, and even with mostly new cast of characters, they can still shoot the ball from the perimeter. So I think that gives them enough of a route to points where I'm not going to back a slow, grinding Jacksonville team, despite, like Matt said, I kind of like them more on paper than Jack State. But given where the line is at, uh, I'm just going to sit this one out. All right, Matthew, we are back to chat mob. I believe there's going to be a lot of swaction in here. Am I correct? Heavy swaction. Let's uh, let's get to it. Kai Grambling at Prairie minus one and a half from uh, Maddie Volte. Also asked about Jackson State and Elkhorn. We'll get to that in a second. But Grambling, Prairie View, the Panthers hosting here. Short spread, in my opinion. Mm. Thoughts? I'm leaning towards Prairie View here. Uh, Grambling's been awesome in the non-con. Uh, Cartier Gordon, clearly a huge impact player for them. He probably has a big game against Prairie View. They don't really guard the interior very well, but uh, I think it's a tough place to play. I think Prairie View can still finish among the top uh, couple spots in the SWAC. still think they're among the contenders in that league, and they were impressive as well against certain teams in the non-con. Uh, so I lean their way, Prairie View, at minus one and a half. Gore- Gordon did not play last game, I don't believe. Um Worth checking there. There's actually oh, a couple really? of notable oh. rosters in the SWAC that guys missed last game. It's really hard play, to. So it was. It, it was. No one knows. It was a non D one. So maybe they were just resting him. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of expect him back. I think Prairie View AM turns them over. I like. Yeah, I agree. I don't really trust Grambling's uh, general rule of thumb on betting the SWAC. Bet teams that are deep. So if you get one or two guys that are randomly <laughs> MIA, which is like basically yeah, every yeah. game, you don't feel as like you know shot. Um, Southern falls in that mix. Gets them in a second here. Jim, let's go uh, Jackson State, Alcorn State. I had no take on this game. Uh, are you nutty for nuts today? Yep, I'm <laughs> I'm getting the acorn, Matthew. I wrote this one up for Action Network as well. Uh, I would take this up to three and a half or even four, probably. This is Alcorn's home opener, like insane. It is January 2nd. They have not played a single home game. Mm-hmm. Jackson State actually hasn't either. Uh, so this is a part of the end of their long, long road run. They're both team stats are tough to figure out because they played such impossible non-cons. Yep. You can't put too much weight in it. But again, I think Alcorn turns them over like crazy, gets free buckets going the other way. That's the difference. I like I like Acorn. I am nutty for nuts, Matthew. I think I am too. Life felt short to me. Uh Jackson was really feisty, but man, they ran a steam lead in that non-con, just an absolute destructive schedule. Um, Kai, speaking of Southern, I knew we would get to it. Daryl Turner asking about this matchup. Sean Woods versus Johnny Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my money, two of the maybe two of the two best teams in the conference. Uh, any take on yeah, this one? Absolutely. And because of that, I think they're pretty much even. Uh, three and a half, four, probably the right spread, but I would lean towards Southern. Uh, I have no take beyond that, Matt. It's purely a number thing for me. Jim, let's go to the Valley. Valley State, that is headed to, uh, well, they're actually leaving the Valley, going to Alabama State to play Madlock and Company, a team that we thought would be a lot better. Um, and non-con really didn't impress me all that much. Do you think minus eight's too many to lay that today? Well, you Shania Twain, it didn't impress you much? Didn't impress me much. There you go. I'm not going to say um, Yeah, no, I, I kind of lean towards Alabama State a little bit from a number perspective. I don't think Mississippi Valley State's very good, but they are better at mucking it up this year than they have been in the past, which makes them a little bit more dangerous as a dog. So uh, I backed Alabama State small at minus eight. But don't feel great about it. Uh, I believe that's all we have. Um, I think we're missing one more question. No one cares about Bethune Cookman, Florida AM. I don't I blame them, honestly. I, I kind of lean, I kind of lean toward the road uh with the Wildcats, right? BC yeah, they should be so much senior, better than they have been. So much better. 
Um, <laughs> the fact that they're, well, they've been bet up to minus two. So I say it took some money. Kai, any tech on that one or no? I took Bethune Cookman, but Florida and has looked better than Bethune. They have feisty last, last few games. couple games. Um, yep. So we got. Let's best bets recap it. Who's up, me? Yes. Uh, what's the outline say, Matthew? The yeah. outline says me. Um, I guess I'll follow that since that's what you guys endorse. I'm betting on the Loyola, Maryland, Greyhounds, a team I loved so much last year. I don't love them as much this year. I like them today in this spot, though. I think seven and a half is too much against American that's playing a bit over their heads. I took North Florida, plus three, the birds of Trey. Let's hope <laughs> the trays are falling. Jim. Knock them down. And then the trays are not falling in West Virginia, Oklahoma State, because I am on the under 141. Hopefully that one's a little slower than anticipated and very inefficient from those two teams, two good defenses. All right, that's it. That wraps up our show today for Monday. We got a lot more big games coming tomorrow, so we'll be back at it. Same time, we're back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we're off Friday. And, of course, the usual Spinny Saturday Marathon show Saturday morning. So we'll see you all then. Thank you for tuning in on this fine Monday. Thank you to Bet Rivers in the field of 68. We'll see you all tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.